0: Welcome into the PHNX D-backs live show. My name is Jesse Friedman along with the one the only Father Overlord Jacob Franklin who is here today unfortunately Uh, Our mayor, the one and only Derek Montia, is a little bit under the weather this afternoon. So uh, Jacob is here filling in. Uh, Jacob, we just watched a a pretty brutal four-game series for the Diamondbacks. All in all, the Diamondbacks lose three out of four games. Uh, They did, however, score more runs than the San Diego Padres in this series overall. Obviously, that Friday game, uh, a 9 nothing victory for the D-backs was a big one. These other three games... All of them losses by two runs, including the one today. you uh, Darvish was uh, pretty good. Wouldn't say you Darvish was necessarily at the top of his game. Uh, but all in all, uh, another tough one here for the D-backs is they lose their second series of the year to the San Diego Padres.
1: Yeah, the name of the game is walks. Like, it's it's one thing. Like, you can go out and strike out a bunch of guys. You can throw 99, whatever you want to do. But you walk guys, you're going to get burned. And, and that seemed to happen a lot this series. Like Merrill couldn't control himself. Dre couldn't control himself. Like it just, they walked a bunch of guys. And it seemed like every time one of those Padres hitters drew a walk, either Matt Carpenter, or Juan Soto came up to the plate and those runs scored. Like it just, that you have to limit the walks.
0: Yeah, Matt Carpenter is, I don't know, like the second coming of Barry Bonds or something at this point. Uh, He had an an unbelievable series for the San Diego Padres at the ripe old age of 37 years old. Apparently that man can still swing it. Uh, He had like a few years with the St. Louis Cardinals where it definitely looked like his career was very much over. Uh, All of a sudden last year he has like this 1200 OPS season with the Yankees gets hurt, uh, but comes back this season signed by the Padres. He had an Outstanding series, uh, for sure, for them. Uh, on the D-back side, Jacob, I guess the biggest story from this game today is that Dre Jamison was not great. Uh, Dre Jamison threw 43 pitches in the first inning. He held the Padres to three runs, so it wasn't necessarily a huge disaster uh, on the scoreboard. Uh, but not a not a great start for Dre Jamison here today, no. only getting through that first inning. Uh he was very much all over the place. I know that the, the D backs have some concerns with him from a workload standpoint as he gets built back up uh into this new role as a starter. I'm assuming that factored into why the D backs didn't want to go back to him in the second inning. Uh but yeah, things things didn't look so great uh today for Dre Jamison.
1: And this is kind of what people were worried about when it came to Dre is, is all of the peripherals. They look great. He throws hard. He's got a pretty wipeout um, secondary pitch. And it, it just seems like that was the one concern is that is he going to walk too many guys, right? Like a yeah. lot of those, when I watch a pitcher, like for for instance, when Zach Gallen was walking some guys at the beginning of the year, it seemed like he was almost toying with his own, right? Like he was walking guys on pitches that were, what i would consider like quote unquote a competitive pitch right it's a pitch that's just on the outside of the zone it seems like a lot of the times when dre is walking guys they're on what i would call non-competitive pitches like he's pulling his fastball or his slider doesn't even come anywhere near the zone to start to you know to get a guy to bite while he might have strikeout stuff it seems like he struggles to put guys away like he gets ahead 0-2 or whatever, and then he just struggles to put them away.
0: Yeah, I mean the big the big thing for Dre Jameson is the slider, right? I mean that's that's his best pitch. He's had, especially in his role as a reliever and in his first start. Uh, as a starter against the Milwaukee Brewers, that slider's just been getting an absurd number of whiffs. I mean, that's been an incredible yeah. strikeout pitch for him. And this game, uh, not so much. Uh, Dre Jameson did get four whiffs in this one in that one inning. Three of them were on his sinker. One of them was on his four seam fastball. He only threw six sliders. And uh, and and the only one that that got hit was put in play. It, it was not it was not a swing and a miss. So that's going to be the biggest pitch for him. And whether it, whether he's in the rotation or even if he's in the bullpen, he's just not going to be an effective pitcher uh, without that offering. And he just didn't really have that today.
1: Yeah, I think he's such an important piece for this team if they want to stay competitive. Right? Like they are they are a very competitive team. It seems like they might have just gotten through what might be the hardest stretch in the schedule for the entire year. Um, Yeah. Starting, starting the season 12 and 11 against just an onslaught of Dodgers, Padres, Brewers, like it, it seemed to just never stop. So I think Dre, he's got the stuff. Like he, I I think he should remain a starter, but now that Tommy Henry got called up, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what this team can do for the next two or three months. Like they've got some pieces and you have Brandon Fott just sitting there in Reno, like waiting to steal somebody's rotation spot because <laughs> he's ready. Like it, it, it just seems like every start he goes out there in a very hitter-friendly ballpark or just a hitter-friendly PCL in general and and just shoves, just strikes guys out and shoves. So like I'm not yeah. sure who whose spot he's gonna take. Um, I'd love to see Dre stick around as a starter. But at the same time, he looked phenomenal as a reliever at times. So I I don't know. You've got three guys in Dre, uh, Ryan, and Tommy that you kind of have to decide, like, are these our three going forward? Or is Brandon Fott, like, is he going to take the next step? Because I just have a feeling that the second Brandon Fott sees the big leagues, that spot's his. Like, I'm I'm just not sure he's going to lose that spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a question that's probably on a lot of people's minds after this start, right? Uh, I know people love Dre Jameson, and they love what they've seen from him this season, but he did look pretty darn good in the bullpen, right? Like, he was pretty darn good there. You kind of felt like you had, uh, I don't want to say a sure thing. It was still very, very early. You'd only had a few outings, but he was a weapon for, for this team out of the bullpen, a weapon that it, it really seemed like they needed, especially as a right-hander. Um, and, and, you know, I think the bullpen is maybe a little bit worse off without him and the starting rotation, uh, hasn't necessarily suited him the best, although it's certainly still, still early there as well. I will say as far as Jamison's numbers coming in goes, Jacob, I think this has maybe gone a little bit under the radar, uh, his, his, some of his expected stats and some yeah. of the other numbers were not great. on Dre Jamison, he came in with an ERA of 2.25. But according to StatCast, his expected ERA, which factors in mostly like batted ball data. So, how hard, you know, how hard opposing hitters are hitting the ball against him, launch angles, all that stuff. Uh, his expected ERA was 5.60 coming into this start. Not good at all. Uh, his FIP was 5.61. His XFIP was 4.84. All that to say the numbers were not necessarily in sync here. I think Dre Jamison had kind of gotten away with some stuff coming into this start. Um, and also there's the fact that the San Diego Padres are a really good baseball team. And I, and I, come, I, they're, they're, they're just a very good baseball team. And I know the record did not bear that out coming into this series. Uh, but that almost in some ways was, uh, you know, kind of gave you the feeling, okay, the Padres are not going to play, you know, 400 or 450 baseball for very long. They're, they're a better team than that. And, And they did show that in some ways in this series.
1: Yeah, the crazy thing is, you lost this series three to one, and Fernando Tatis really was a non factor for a majority of the series. Like, he had that home run yesterday, but that home run was just, it seemed like a total outlier because it didn't come off the bat. Like, you, I think you tweeted out the statistics, right? Like, it was the. The softest hit home run in the big leagues this year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, probably, it was the second,
0: the second softest. I think it was like 89.6 off the bat or yeah. something so like that. So you
1: had some some unlucky breaks like that. Um, but you lost series and Fernando Tatis really wasn't a big factor. So like there's some examining that needs to be done. Obviously, they scored more runs, like you said, the nine-nothing game really kind of helped in that. Yeah. Um, but they are a very talented team with runners in scoring position. Um, and so it just seems like there's some reevaluation that needs to be done heading into the next couple of series. Like this team, I think, can be a very competitive team, but it's going to be really tricky early in the season because you can't just bounce guys around. Like if you want to compete, like guys can't just be bouncing around in roles. Like they have to start – solidifying roles whether it's a bullpen role whether it's a starter role yeah there are a lot of things that i started to see this series that i was like okay like this team's good and they can be very good but it seems like right now they're all just not super comfortable like coming in and out of the lineup or platooning like it can only last for so long
0: yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think uh, as far as some of those roles are concerned, some of those things are still still not necessarily set in stone, right? You've got Tommy Henry coming back into the rotation tomorrow. Um you know, you've still got Ryan Nelson in in the rotation even though he's looked a little bit a little bit more shaky of late. So, we'll have to see how some of those things materialize. Uh I do want to touch on on Tatis though. You are right. He didn't really Hurt the Diamondbacks all that much in the series, despite what the crowd at Chase Field, what the crowds at Chase Field over the weekend uh, might have led you to believe. I don't know, Jacob, if I've ever seen that many Padres fans at Chase Field, at least the Thursday game. The Thursday game, the attendance at Chase Field was only about 16,000, but that was Tatis's first game back in yeah. the big leagues in more than 560 days. And Padres fans were there. There were a number of Tatis jerseys in uh, in the stands. And I heard from a number of D-backs fans who are not all that pleased about the environment at Chase Field on Thursday, and understandably so.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what happens when your team all of a sudden becomes good after years of just not being good, and then there's just thousands of fans that come from the middle of nowhere. I'm, I mean... I am calling them out. Like there are not this many Padres fans. They just kind of materialized when there was a good team. Like it is, it is what it is. Like, I I don't know. I like, I call a spade a spade, right? Like they're a bunch of bandwagoners. I don't know what to tell you. Um, But that's one of the unfortunate things about living in Arizona is oftentimes we go to our games and there are more opposing fans than there are home fans. And I'm sure it's something that really, really bothers players. Even though they might not talk about it as much as, like, say, you or I might talk about who shows up to the game. Um, But as much as Arizona fans want to complain about who shows up to the games, like, you didn't buy a ticket, show up. Like, if you want to be upset about who was at the game, like, then go. Like, the only way to start changing the culture is to actually start going to these games. I think this team, uh, and and I feel like we've done them some unnecessary, like, we've kind of been a little bit hard on them for this series, but like they're 12 and 11. They're above 500 after playing six series against, I think somebody said it, Nicholas in the chat. Yeah. Yeah, They're over 500 after six series against legit playoff teams. Yeah. The Marlins who have shown flashes of being good at times. Yeah. This team is, is, is exciting. And I think that they'll continue to be exciting. So like, I think it's only a matter of time before fans need to start showing up to these games, like get behind them now. Like it, this, if you want them to continue to be exciting and like I think there is a a little bit that goes into it that fans need to be showing up to these games like it, it's a two way street right like they can be as good as they want to be but you got to start showing up to these games to show them support otherwise they're just going to lose the juice.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, I mean, I will say, I think uh, out of our audience base, I know we have a lot of crazy people who se- are seemingly at the ballpark like yes. every single yes. night. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. I think we're kind of preaching to the choir here, just a little bit on that front, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there are certainly a lot of D-backs fans who continuously get frustrated over that kind of thing. And yeah, you know, maybe they're the ones who, who need to, to show up. I mean, no matter what D-backs fans did though, there were still going to be a whole bunch of a whole bunch of Padres fans in the stands making all sorts of noise over What we have to acknowledge is a player returning from suspension, right? This is not, this is not a player returning from injury this time around. This is a player returning from suspension. And uh, Damon's about to pop off over here on this topic. I went on Thursday and like (laughs) legit standing ovations, like the guy came home from war for (laughs) for serving a steroid suspension. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And you best believe I was booing at the top of my lungs, trying to, trying to, Bring down all of those cheers for sure.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. Tatis has shown that he struggles to stay on the field. Like, he just, like, I, for their sake, I really hope that he does stay on the field. Like, he's a super exciting player to watch. Um, yeah. But yeah, he did not deserve this type of a homecoming, right? I mean, it wasn't even a homecoming. It felt like a homecoming because they were, you know, more Padres fans than D fans. But like, the, the guy wasn't playing because he cheated. <laughs> he cheated this is like oh no poor man like he took peds and got suspended for it like I, no i'm not gonna feel sorry for him like it just it's unfortunate that it, it was treated that way
0: yeah it, it was it was a little bizarre at, at the stadium like the first time he comes up and and really every time he came up to bat in the series uh it felt like padres fans were cheering at the top of their lungs d-backs fans were like trying to counter with booze, but they were like, weren't quite, they weren't quite loud enough. So, um, so yeah, anyway, it, it was a very contentious environment at Chase field at some points this weekend. Um, the Padres Jacob, it's not, it's not just, you know, the four guys at the top of the lineup. And I know Manny Machado is not really hitting much at this point. Uh, Juan Soto had a, had a better game today, but he still had a, a bit of a slow start overall. Uh but the Padres have a lot of depth too. It's it's Matt Carpenter, yeah. like we talked about earlier. It's Jake Cronenworth, it's it's Trent Grisham who had a good series. Uh Has Young Kim uh made some big plays in this in this series, both offensively and defensively. It's just a deep team all the way around. Um and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the D backs have had an, an enormously difficult schedule, right? I mean they have played twenty 20- Did I lose Jesse? Hi, guys.
1: I'm going to keep talking. Um, the Diamondbacks have played a really, really tough schedule. Like, this team is is up against it day in and day out. Um, so, it's... Yeah, Jesse's Jesse's gone. Uh, all right, we're going to keep going with this. Hopefully, we can get Jesse back. Uh, if you guys have questions, feel free to send them to me in the chat. Um, oh, wait, he's back.
0: Am I back? We're back.
1: Yes. We lost you for a second. (laughs) I was really there on an island. So I was going to have the chat start asking me questions. But we were going (laughs) to, I was just about to get into the fact that they're about to play the Royals. And if this team is really what we think they are, like you really hope that they go in and they win this series. Like I know Tommy Henry gets his first start, Ryan's starting. So like there are a couple question marks at starting pitcher, but then you get a gallon game. So like you, you really hope that you're for sure getting, you know, one really good start out of that and and hopefully a for sure win but if after you exit this part of the schedule like this is where it really shows if this team is legit or not because they played pretty well and it it could just be a fact that they played up to their competition like you you hope this team doesn't fall into a pattern where they enter this royal series and all of a sudden they play down to the competition, they stop hitting, sure, the pitching goes away. Like that's something I I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on going forward.
0: Yeah, that's something that Tori talked about yesterday. I asked Tori about um what was then a twelve ten record, uh, now a twelve and eleven, about the D backs just still feeling pretty good about where they're at, even if this Padres series hasn't hasn't been great. And he said, yeah, like we, we we were a little worried. Torrey talked about how he had friends and family who were worried about the Diamondbacks uh, opening the season with so many games against the Dodgers and the Padres and the Brewers and, and all these teams we expect to be, um, you know, in the postseason or at least in the mix for the postseason at the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, he said basically what you're just talking about, about how, you know, as you'd expect him to say we've we the Kansas City Royals are still a major league baseball team we still need to make sure that you know we're in we're in good position and that we're not playing down to the competition uh when when that time comes uh I do want to give a shout out to Zach Gallen uh before we finish off this this first segment Zach Gallen is our king snake here for this uh first series for or for this series uh for the Arizona Diamondbacks uh even though they only won the one game in this series. Zach Gallin, of course, was basically the reason they won that game. I know they scored nine runs, uh, but they could have scored one or two, and, and the result would have been the same. Zach Gallon in that start, Jacob, seven innings, two hits, no runs, uh, 11 strikeouts in that game. I personally thought this was the best that that I've ever seen Zach Gallon uh, in a start, just the way that he had all four pitches uh, of his working. Uh, we've seen him be really effective when he only had the curveball, but maybe not the change up or, you know, maybe the four seamer, or the cutter, or one of them was was better than the other. In this start, everything was working and it was beautiful to watch, frankly. I mean, when Zach Gallen has all of his pitches working, I'm not sure there's anyone better in the game.
1: Yeah, I'm just glad we're past the days where we had to worry about the couple of spring training starts on the first two starts of the year because I think we can safely say that we can throw those out and yeah. that Zach Allen is for <laughs> sure here to stay. Like, I think everybody kind of held their breath for a second. They were like, oh, wait, hold on. Like, uh, is he okay? And now we can probably for sure say that he's okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else you can really say about Zach Allen. Uh, the man is a professional, shows up to work. And just shows up and does his business. Like, he just... I don't yeah. think he he's not intimidated by anybody. Um, and it's funny. I was talking about this the other day with somebody. I can't remember who it was. But, like, when you watch his stuff, like, I don't get big strikeout vibes. Like, I just see a guy sure. that likes to pound the zone. And, like, all of a sudden, he developed this curveball and a nasty changeup. And, like, it, it just kudos to him for continuing to work on that because like he doesn't just dominate you with overpowering fastballs. Like a lot of the guys nowadays can tell you that they do. Like it seems like a lot of the top pitchers, right their fastballs clock in at 97, 98 or whatever it is. And they're just getting major whiff, but like he's just your typical like locator. And it just, it's funny because you just watch him pitch and he's so strategic with what he's doing. And it just seems like he's always one step ahead of the guy that's at the plate. And so just, it's always really, really fun to watch Zach Allen pitch.
0: It it honestly blew my mind yesterday that, you know, it was Zach Allen's bobblehead night. It was a big day at the ballpark. Everyone was excited to get the bobblehead, which was commemorating Zach Allen's 44 in a third inning scoreless streak. And, and, it, and it occurred to me yesterday, I was like, wow, we're really here on a day that commemorates Zach Allen's scoreless inning streak. While he literally has an active 21 and two-thirds inning scoreless streak going right now, it's it's just insane. And and Zach Gallon is about the biggest perfectionist that you'll find around baseball. Uh, he told us after the game on Friday that he didn't really feel great in his last two starts, even though he was absolutely outstanding, how things just haven't really clicked for him uh, until Friday when he said that was really Uh, The first start where it's really all kind of come together for him. Um, I did ask Zach after that game on Friday about, you know, was it uh, kind of a nice extra bonus for you uh, having this outing on the eve of your bobblehead night? You know, you don't want to get shelled right before your bobblehead night. Uh, So here's what Zach had to say about that. Yeah, yeah. And I wore a new belt tonight too, which is probably out of my... uh... (laughs) comfort zone um it's a nice belt. snake nice snake belt in here if you guys want to see this so i was uh i was like man i hope i don't get shelled wearing this thing out here I mean, <laughs> a joke. um so yeah it was just it was, it was good you know with, with the bobblehead gone, um it's a little bit of relief yeah you, you dig the snake skin the snake skin belt jacob how do we feel about this i mean
1: that's what the kids nowadays would probably call drip jesse
0: yeah. <laughs> wearing a
1: snake belt for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like that's just that's drip right there. Like I I don't know what else to say about that. But Zach Allen is actually, for anybody who doesn't know him, like he's probably one of the funniest dudes that I had ever met when I was he is working pretty there. Funny. In the organ- like yeah. he's just yeah, he's got that really kind of dry sense of humor. So like it's it's funny to watch him pitch and be this super competitive guy. And then like you talk to him off the field, and he's just this kind of laid back, like, has a really dry, funny sense of humor and 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 just really is a good person, like, day in and day out. So um, it's it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I tweeted it out, I think, on his start on Friday that, like, you and I have had this conversation a long time, like, whether or not the Diamondbacks would re-sign him yeah. or ink him to a contract extension. I don't know if the price tag matters at this point. Like, I feel like they need to lock him down. Like it, it, and that might just be me, but like, it's really hard to sit there and say that like, are you really going to let him walk? Like, and he's got, I don't know how much, what, two or three years left before he He has
0: two years left after this one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, it doesn't need to be immediately, but like he needs to be here. Like, that's just, if you really plan on this team contending for a long time, like he needs to be that guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure 100 percent of the people watching right now would absolutely agree with you, Jacob. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, I think Dbacks fans have been through enough pain over the years as it is, seeing some of the some of the better players on this team go elsewhere. So, yeah, I've said many times in the past that I, I personally am a little bit skeptical if, uh, if Scott Boris and and Zach Gallon, you know, if if that winds up being something that we see, but. Who knows? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Wouldn't say it's impossible. Um, but speaking of transactions that you need to make. You all need to go check out our friends over at Circle K, uh, where Jacob they have an outstanding arrangement of chips and everything you could possibly want for a road trip or even just your house. Um, you, everyone loves a well stocked pantry, right? With all of the the yeah. snack offerings that you would like. Uh, Jacob, do you have a particular favorite thing that you've enjoyed from Circle mm. K?
1: Their Circle K branded chips are really good, but shout out to just like the hot flavored ones. I don't exactly know what they're supposed to mimic, but the flavor on it, if you go to Circle K, it literally just says hot. They're really tasty. But like I think one of the best things that's happened in our office, probably simultaneously the worst for my figure, is <laughs> having the Circle K snack cart because I finished my lunch and I'm like, I could still eat something. And then I just kind of like peek out and I see the snack cart sitting there like making sure it's <laughs> not on a show or something. And then I just like I mosey on over to the snack cart and I probably spend two or three minutes just digging through all of the goodies that they've hooked us up with. Like Circle K has really been a phenomenal partner to us and they have been like everything that I've had is just enjoyable. Like I didn't until they started providing us with stuff. I didn't know they sold their own branded things like most gas stations that you walk into. They're selling like you know like Cheetos or whatever it is like that sure. they've got their own line of stuff which is awesome and they're all really really tasty.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is the the tall white guy's iteration of the Phnx D back show, Jacob. So, so you know, we're tall and skinny, so we we are happy to be rating the snacks as as much as possible. So, uh, you won't find anything better than uh, what our friends have to offer over at Circle K. Uh, make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Head over to CircleK.com/store-locator dash uh, to find Circle K's near you. Uh, I have a tradition of filling up with gas after uh, after doing shows on certain days of the week because mm-hmm. circle k also has pretty much the lowest gas prices that yeah. you'll find in downtown phoenix that's that's an extra perk um also once you're good on the snacks if you want if you want some you can really sink your teeth into head over to four peaks uh where they have of course the legendary chicken tendies that we talk chicken about Vegas. all the time uh and i guess they have they have beer and you know, people are all all about that as well. Uh, be sure to follow them over on social at Four Peaks Brew to get all the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. Uh, they have NFL draft beer specials as well, including a $3 Redbird lager Pine, $5 Redbird lager pitchers, uh, and then the usual PHNX specials of the $3 Kilt Lifter and Wow Pines as well. Uh, extraordinary, extraordinary deals that they have going on over there. Um, and of course, the best place to take in the NFL draft on April 27th, just four days away, is at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Uh, you can register for free in the link in our show notes uh, to take advantage of all of these beer specials. Of course, must be 21 years or older to enjoy it responsibly.
1: I will be there. So anybody who wants to come see me, I will be at the Four Peaks draft party. It will be probably the best time of your life. Um, so, you should
0: probably wow. show up. Yeah, there will be a line out the door just to, just to shake your hand, Jacob, I'm sure. So, now now everyone will. Come I'm a big deal, Jesse. It. I
1: don't know if you know that. I'm
0: a big <laughs> deal. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, all right. Let's get into some of the other games of this series. Uh, obviously, the D backs uh, dropped the finale here, seven to five to the Padres. Uh, there were a couple of other two run losses uh, here as well. The first game of the series, the D backs lost seven to five. That one you could. I guess, uh, fault Nick Ahmed, who made a, a costly error at one point in the game uh, that made a 5-5 game, 7-5. The D-backs were unable to get anything going against um, the Padres' bullpen from that point forward. Um, and then Game 3 yesterday, sort of a similar game where the D-backs out the Padres. Uh, but as you mentioned earlier, the walks really played a factor. The Padres come away with a 5-3 win. If we take a look at our numbers uh, for this series overall, you can see here... Not a huge difference. The D backs scored more runs. As we mentioned earlier, the D backs had 22 runs on 39 hits in the series. The Padres had 19 runs on 23 hits. Uh, It's pretty crazy considering those numbers to be talking about a series that the Padres won three out of four games. Uh, Anything stand out to you here, Jacob, outside of those numbers at the top?
1: The fact that people don't need to worry about this team. Like you look at these numbers and like they might have lost the series three to one, but I would say that you probably outplayed them. Like it just. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't roll your way. Um, those two run losses were hard. Like ending a game against Josh Hader is just really no way to make a living. Like it just, you're probably gonna lose any game that you you might have stayed competitive in. Um, it seems like from and I watched almost I think almost all of the innings of this series. Like I watched all four games, but I'm not. I, th- I think I watched a good amount of each game. And I would say that like this Arizona Diamondbacks team, like I think they can compete with just about anybody. Um, I think there was a tweet this weekend that was they I think you guys called them the answer backs. And I think that's perfect because no, we're not like- the
0: first ones to call them the answer backs. That's I think uh, that's been used for a couple of weeks now, but it is pretty fitting given how I mean, it literally feels like every time the opposing team scores a run. The D-backs do, and they might not win the game, but they do generally give some sort of effort and and make the game closer.
1: Which is a step forward, right? Like you watched this team last year and just about any time that they would get down big or whatever, like they would just kind of keel over. It was it. Like as soon as they were down, it was, they weren't going to score runs. Their pitching was going to give up more runs. It was really hard to stay, you know, excited when the bullpen was as bad as it was last year. Um, Yeah. Because anytime you even had a lead, the bullpen would seem to blow your lead like it just there was nothing they could really do last year the bullpen seems to have been a little bit better this year like it seems like you can rely on a few of the pieces out of that um they need to start working on strike being the first to strike like it's great to be a team that's resilient and get down early or whatever and like you're never afraid to come back but like i'd like to in the next six games see them take that first lead of the game against the royals and the rockies like that these are teams that you should be beating so like Get out ahead. Make your starting pitcher feel a little bit more comfortable. Like the, the starting pitching ERA was a little bit higher than you probably would have liked to see in this series. And that included a seven inning gem from Zach Gallon. Yeah. Like that's not great. And so if you can get out to a lead um, and you can make your starting pitcher feel a little bit more comfortable, you that's kind of what you're hoping for. Like this team is good. They just need to kind of believe in that and and continue down this path.
0: Yeah, it's what Ryan just said in the chat, right, which is a classic Toryism, downhill baseball. Downhill it it baseball. does feel like even even though the D-backs are 12 and 11 against some very, very good teams, they haven't had a whole lot of games where, you know, you're up five to one after three innings yep. and it's just yep. kind of smooth sailing the rest of the way. Uh, you know, I think I think people have had fun with how much they've come back and, and their resilience and, and, you know, everything that that they've shown. Uh, just from an emotional standpoint over these first 23 games. But there is something to be said for, you know, kind of a stress-free loss or a stress-free win every now and then, um, you know, where games are just not quite as quite as chaotic as some of the ones we've seen the D-backs play. Uh, if we go back to the numbers one more time, I do think it's also interesting uh, that the D-backs' bullpen ERA was substantially better uh, than the Padres in this series, 2.65 compared to 6.91. What it really comes down to at the end of the day is like, did your bullpen allow runs in in important situations versus did your, imp- did your bullpen allow runs in situations where it didn't really matter one way or another, right? And that's kind of what happened in this series is the D-backs bullpen was perfect in games where it. Didn't really change much, right? Like yeah. after Zach after Zach Gallon's seven inning, uh, sc- you know, seven scoreless innings, you get two clean innings to finish yeah. off that game. It's a nine nothing win, right? It doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter so much in that situation. Uh, those two runs scored in the first game of the series were were unearned, right? Because of the Nick Ahmed error. Um, although I'm sure I think there was a, a two run double there from Trent Grisham that I'm sure Kyle Nelson would like to have back. Uh, and the Padres bullpen uh in that in that loss that nine nothing loss they allowed seven runs um in in just a couple of innings of work so uh the Padres bullpen was terrible in that situation where it didn't matter much and then in all the other games where they really needed to lock things down late in games that's when that's when they they excelled so uh yeah at the end of the day timing is timing is everything and that just didn't really go the D-backs way in this series
1: Yeah. uh, You know, I, I'd love to see a little bit more competitive. And this is, I think Daniel mentioned this in the chat. They've got the, the most walks hitting wise and pitching wise in the majors, right? Like they, but this team is aggressive and we've talked about this since day one. Like it's a bunch of kids that want to go out there and hit. And I would like to see them start to put a little bit more competitive at bats together later in the game. Like if they're down, right? Like they're swinging at some of the first pitches like they they can build innings, but like, I, I would love to see them start to put a little bit more of a competitive at bat on a bullpen arm. Like, like those hater at bats, like I know you want to get on base and, and, and you're pushing, but like he, sometimes he gets erratic or like you Darvish, like he would, Go down 3 1 on a hitter or whatever. He'd throw a couple pitches in the middle of the zone that they'd take and then they'd chase. Like it just, yeah. I would like to see them be a little more selective at the plate because I think if they can have a a few more guys on base, that you're going to start to see a little bit more of a consistent approach.
0: Yeah, the Padres drew more walks in the series, right? 16 to 9. And uh, yeah, walks have not been great for the D-backs in 2023. Uh, They entered today with the lowest walk rate as an offense in baseball and the second highest walk rate as a pitching staff in baseball, which in a lot of ways, Jacob, just has me like, wow, this team is 12 and 11, even though they're walking a ton of guys and they're basically never drawing any walks themselves honestly impressive they've managed to have as much success as they have uh you know without that going so well um we did ask uh, christian walker yesterday post game about the fact that the d-backs have such a low walk total at this point in the season uh obviously as a hitter you're never going to go up there just trying to walk right like if you're if you're going up there trying to walk that is a losing approach and you're probably going to strike out you're not going to walk if that's your if that's your mindset uh, but christian walker had some sort of an explanation for why the d-backs is an offense might not be walking much early in the season i think when guys are part of an offense that feels like we can score runs at any time i think you want to be that guy you want to be
1: the run scorer uh you want to spark the inning you want to um you know you want to you want to spark the offense you want to be the guy to you know set the tone and, and get it started um I don't think we're being over aggressive because we're not, you know, we're still producing, right? So it's not, it's not quite the whole story of like a low walk. I think if, if there's other trends that follow the low walk totals, um, I think there's maybe more to dive into there, but, um,
0: It's I mean, basically what Christian Walker is saying is like we're not walking much because our offense is actually good this year, (laughs) which is which is not not the worst thing in the world. Right. I mean, that kind of makes sense. If you're part of an offense that doesn't have much firepower and you feel like when you're when you're down, you know, a few runs that you're kind of behind the eight ball, you just desperately need to get some base runners on there then you, you'd be more willing to take walks in those situations. Whereas this year, the D-backs offense uh, has, has been a lot more deep. There's a lot more depth to this lineup. Mm-hmm. The guys at the bottom of the lineup, like Geraldo Perdomo, have been doing a majority of the damage at times against opposing teams. So you can kind of see where, where Christian Walker is coming from. I did I did some digging into the numbers, Jacob, and the D-backs are actually, uh, they have one of the lower chase rates in baseball on pitches out of the zone uh they have had a lot of called strikes against them if you're looking for something to kind of pin on um you know why they're not walking much they've taken a lot of called strikes so yeah it doesn't necessarily paint a picture of them being super over aggressive or chasing all sorts of stuff out of the zone like christian walker said they're still doing damage they're still getting base hits uh but at some point you would maybe hope that things would be a little bit more balanced
1: yeah, it also doesn't help that it seems like a lot of the times some of the called strikes that they're getting called on are just outside the zone. The this zones seem to be expanding, especially as you've pointed out on Corbin Carroll. Like <laughs> it's it's sometimes hard because it's like, man, like they've put themselves in some positions to take some of these walks and like this team does what it does best when they they have runners on the base pass right like they're not a team that's going to beat you with home runs like they they need to beat you with pressure they need to beat you with chaos like that's just what they do and so the fact that you know that that they don't take as many walks or that they've taken some called strikes right like or there are some bad called strikes like it's kind of limiting what they can and can't do because if Corbin Carroll say he you know walks two or three more times I'd say a walk to Corbin Carroll is essentially a double like it's hard to say (laughs) that it wouldn't be like just because he's so fast and and seems to be a phenomenal uh base dealer because base dealing is not all speed right you have to have a good jump you have to do whatever it is and he seems to have that right he seems to have that in his game and so you would like for them to take a few more walks just you know like I know Christian Walker said that you know He's a part of a team that finally has some firepower. And we've seen them. Like, their offense looks great. But have a few guys take a walk. Like, it It still puts the same amount of pressure on, right? Like, yeah. I think in that situation that Jake McCarthy was up with the bases loaded, right? Like, that to me was one of the most pivotal moments of the game. And he worked himself into a full count and got called out on a strike that was borderline questionable. Like, that sure. screwball at the top of the zone was... It, I can understand why he you know like he was looking for a walk and and now if you take that into account right the next time he's up at the plate if he's in a 3-2 count he's got the bases loaded he's going to remember the fact that he probably just got rung up like so it does play kind of a factor in their minds and so I can understand a little bit why they want to swing the bat a little bit more and they're not taking as many walks but I would like to see that going forward. Like that's just something that I think that like hits are great. And if you can get a bunch of them, that's just phenomenal. But if you can start taking walks and this team can find another way onto the base paths, that's just another weapon that they have in their arsenal.
0: Yeah, the D-backs are near the near the top of the league at this point in team batting average, but they're near the bottom and on-base percentage and it it makes sense, right? They they are, you know, getting their fair share of base hits. They certainly did in this series, but yeah, when you're only drawing about two walks a game, which is basically what they've done so far this season, you know, you're you're not getting nearly as many of those extra base runners as as other teams are. I'm not that concerned about it honestly on on the offensive side. I still think that uh, if you look at just who a lot of these hitters have been in the past, a lot of the D-backs uh, hitters are guys who have generally drawn their fair share of walks in in past years. Uh, Josh Rojas comes to mind in particular. He's always been a guy with an above average walk rate. Uh, Geraldo Perdomo generally has a, a really good approach. He draws his fair share of walks. Uh, I do think Gabby Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., two of the newcomers, they're a little bit more on, on the free swinging side. So that, that might not be something that that changes much, but there are still guys in this lineup that you know are going to draw their fair share of walks eventually and early in the season that that just hasn't happened. Uh, what is maybe a little more concerning is on the pitching side uh specifically yeah. for Merrill Kelly who uh in in that start last night, it just it, it just didn't it didn't look good. It did not look like the Merrill Kelly, that we're used to seeing over the last few years. He had five walks in the game. Uh, he walked the last two batters he faced before being removed from the game, which is something that we've seen a few times from him this season, where the wheels just kind of come off at the end of his starts. It's it's weird, Jacob. It's not like Merrill Kelly has one of the things he's been best at through the last few years is he doesn't really he doesn't really walk guys. Like his command is good. That's kind of been the best thing that he's had going for him. This year, uh, opposing hitters aren't really doing much damage on his pitches when they're in the zone, uh, but they're walking so much that they're still, you know, they're still putting a lot of pressure on him on the mound.
1: Yeah, the four walks in each of his starts is concerning, right? Like that's, like you said, that's not the Merrill that we're used to, right? The Merrill yeah. that we're used to is just consistent. Like he's kind of like Zach, right? He's not going to blow you away with his fastball, but he can locate, and and that's the name of the game, right? So like. He needs to figure that out because this team really needs to rely on him being that steady number two starter. Um, because you're guaranteed to get a pretty good outing out of Zach every single week, and and you need to almost be guaranteed that you're going to get a pretty good starting out of Merrill Kelly each week. Like he's he's shown that he's capable of being a really good starting pitcher in this league, and I. I'm hesitate to say that this has to do with the world baseball classic, but like he didn't get stretched out the same as the other guys, right? Like didn't throw as many pitches this spring. So I'm not too worried about it. Like if we get through another two or three starts of his and he's still not locating, then maybe I'm gonna start to kind of raise my eyebrow and wonder what's going on. But right now people aren't doing damage on him and he's kind of just inflicting this upon himself. Like I I trust it, it. if people show you who they are and Merrill Kelly has showed you that he's a strike thrower year in and year out while he's been with the Arizona Diamondbacks like you have a tendency to believe them and like i believe that Merrill Kelly will be just fine um, because he's given me nothing to sh- like to say that he's not just going to revert back to the Merrill Kelly of old
0: yeah, it it has. You're you're making a good point. I think with the World Baseball Classic and just the fact that he had kind of a weird build up to the season. Uh, I asked Tori about that post game yesterday. Like, do you think there's still some some WBC hangover there? Um, he didn't think so. Uh, Merrill also said that he didn't feel fatigued at the end of the start. It, it at least from his standpoint, that wasn't the reason that he was walking those guys on some level. At you know, I mean that. It's probably the best explanation I can come up with. It's a little hard to believe. It at the end of this, at the end of your starts, if you're having a continuous pattern of walking guys right before you get pulled from the game, I think there might be some fatigue there that you know maybe he's just not aware of in the moment. But uh, Tori did say yesterday that he might need to manage uh, Merrill Kelly better. Ah, uh, so maybe have a bit of a, a faster hook later in those starts. That's where a lot of these uh, a lot of these situations have really ballooned and uh, gone south. Kyle Nelson almost got out of a very difficult situation in that game yesterday, were it not for a Ha Sung Kim uh, ground ball just sneaking through the infield. Yeah. Kyle Nelson would have gotten out of a bases loaded, no out jam uh, without without any damage being done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the Merrill Kelly that that we're used to seeing. He just basically said he needs to throw more strikes and, and he didn't really seem to have any clear answers as to why that's not happening.
1: Yeah, He's got the stuff, right? Like he's, he's shown it before that he's got stuff to get big league hitters out. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of trusting it. And I think that like, you just, maybe that's just kind of what's going on right now. Like he just needs to trust his stuff. Like he's a, he's a big league pitcher he can get big league hitters out and sometimes that involves throwing the ball over the plate. And And I think that maybe that's kind of affecting Dre a little bit too, where like he's, he's worried too much about making a perfect pitch, right? Like you got to the big leagues by just trusting your stuff. Like, is it going to get hit sometimes? Maybe, but just throw the ball over the plate. Like it, that's how baseball gets like, you, you're never going to end a game by throwing all balls. <laughs>
0: That's that's great. That's great wisdom. Ha- hashtag hashtag analysis from from Jacob from Father Overlord Jacob. Uh, <laughs> I want to take a take a minute here to tell you all about our friends over at Bet MGM. Uh, Damon over here is a Bet MGM apologist. Uh, he placed all sorts of bets uh, over the weekend on this Dbacks Padres series. Some of which I, I'm sure went well. Others. Others, not so much. demo hit was very, very tough one yesterday on that last at-bat against Trump, Josh those. Hader. Sitting in the right-field bleachers, coming off the bat at 100 miles per hour. I mean, I stood up and cheered before it even dropped, and it was pain. All pain. Yeah, yeah. David just taking a walk, too. That's that's fair. Damon has a tendency to uh, try to spread the word about his bets. And then, you know, when he goes down, he likes to take at least six or seven friends down with him. Uh, But on the other side, if things go well, then, you know, everyone, everyone thinks Damon is a god. Uh, But anyway, there's all sorts of fun to be had over uh, on the BetMGM app. Uh, If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, be sure to use bonus code PHNX when you download the app. Uh, There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code PHNX. Place a pregame Moneyline wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price. You will receive $10 in bonus bets instantly regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure you use bonus code PHNX when you sign up. Uh, also, be sure to join us at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium for all Suns away playoff games. I know uh, there was one of those just yesterday and it uh, seems like everyone's having a, a great time over there. Uh, our PHNX Suns watch parties presented by Neutral will feature food and drink specials, PHNX giveaways, and PHNX live shows. Uh, we had our, our Suns show out there live after the game yesterday. Uh, join us by grabbing your free ticket in the show notes uh, and check out the show notes for full offer details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call eight seven seven eight hope ny or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, one 800 522 Kansas, Nevada, one 800 327 Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, one for confidential help, Michigan. So while you're here with us, be sure to uh, like this video because that is where me and Jacob get all of our self-esteem. It's because you you like the video, so we always we always appreciate that. Um, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our PHNX Sports YouTube channel right here if you're watching, uh, and also you can be sure to subscribe as well on any uh, audio podcast app. Uh, the Apple podcast app, Spotify, all those good things. We would always appreciate you subscribing, uh, leaving a five star review, all of those wonderful things. They really help us out a lot. Uh, Also, be sure to become a PHNX diehard. If you have not already, Uh, you'll get access to my full count newsletter every week. Uh, By doing that, you'll also get access to newsletters from all of our crew of writers here at phnx craig morgan covering the coyotes gerald borgay with the Suns, uh howard Balzer with the cardinals Uh, we've got a lot of great content over there some of it is for free uh, but only the diehards get the the really the really good stuff that we have to offer over there so be sure to become a phnx diehard if you have not already uh we also are now just two days away uh from our first takeover of the season we will be out at uh, the Diamondbacks game this Tuesday. Of course, I'm always out there, Uh, but Derek will be out at the game as well. We would love to hang out with you guys uh, before and during this game. As you can see here, uh, we have a takeover season pass that includes six PHNX D-backs takeover tickets. We have one every month, uh, pregame meetup access, and also this very classy, it's always sunny shirt uh, that you can see on your screen that is only available Uh, to people who purchase the season pass. Uh, If you want to go game by game instead, you can also do that. As I said, our first one of the season is just two days away on Tuesday against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, You can use the Eventbrite link, uh, which should be in the description as well as Discord and Twitter and all of those places uh, in order to buy your tickets if you want to get the season pass or just buy it for that one game. Uh, We should have a lot of fun uh, on Tuesday. We would love to see you out there for sure. Uh, We've got some probable starters here, uh, Jacob. At least we have we mostly have probable starters for this series against the Kansas City Royals. No starter for the Royals yet on Wednesday. I know someone asked in the chat earlier if we will see Zach Granke in this series, which as of right now, it does not look like we will. Uh, The D-backs will face Brad Keller in the opener of this series against Tommy Henry, who of course is making his season debut for the D-backs game two. It's Brady Singer against Ryan Nelson. And then in that finale, it's Zach Gallen against a to-be announced starter here for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Jacob, as we talked about before, the Kansas City Royals are not nearly the quality of baseball team that the Diamondbacks yeah. have been playing of yeah, late. Great, Bob, not yeah, not not great. They have not started the season well at all whatsoever. Uh, their offense, outside of uh, you know Bobby Witt Jr., is is just not not a whole lot going on over there. So uh, this is a team that you feel like you you got a good chance to to win a series here and. Uh, we'll see if the Diamondbacks are are able to do just that. Um, but I think it really comes down to what you talked about earlier, Jacob, which is not not playing down to the competition, right? You still have to have respect for a major league team and come out and and still try to play the very best games that you can.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't know what to expect from Tommy Henry on day one, but Tommy, you saw a little bit of Tommy Henry last year and you hope that maybe he's taken a step forward since then. Um, because he showed flashes of of having good stuff last year. So he's kind of along the same lines as what else you've seen coming from the the, the Diamondbacks farm system. He's a locator, right? Like he's going to live or die off the fact of, can I locate this fastball somewhere where it's not going to get hit into the seats, right? Like he's got to find corners because he's just not going to overpower you down the middle. Um, But to feel good about this team, like I want them to take two out of three. Like I think we're at the point with this team where we can just say, they need to go in there and t- take care of business, right? Like it's a professional ball club that's coming. But at the same time, like this D-backs team, you just went 12 and 11 against really good teams. Like you, you should go into this series and take care of business. And I don't think there's any way other to say it than that. Like it just, yeah. I want to see them put up runs. I want to see the bullpen look good. I want the starting pitching to look good Um because we're no- we know that they're capable of it. And I think anything less would be kind of a disappointment.
0: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing on the line this week is whether or not Derek has to dye his hair purple, of course. That's that's yes. what people really want to know. Uh, and as of a few days ago, Jacob, it looked like uh, a near a near guarantee almost. The D backs were 11 and 7 just a few days ago. Now they're 12 and 11. Uh, the D backs, if you haven't heard, have to finish above 500 uh, in the month of April in order for Derek to dye his hair purple when april ends so the d-backs still need three more wins in order to get to that point so we'll certainly be watching that closely uh throughout this week but yeah on paper you've got the kansas city royals for three you've got the colorado rockies uh over the weekend in denver that's six games that you feel like you you should be able to, you know, take four games, uh, maybe even more if things go well for the Diamondbacks. Uh, I do want to touch quickly on uh, Corbin Carroll. As you said earlier, Jacob, uh, Corbin Carroll, I don't know what what the deal is here, but uh, poor Corbin Carroll has had some not, not great fortunes with the home plate umpires yeah. in his, for a Diamondbacks' career. Uh, I'm not going to be able to talk while we play this video, but you're about to watch a video. It's about nine seconds long of all of the called third strikes against Corbin Carroll this season. And you will see if you're joining us on YouTube that arguably all, all of these were not actually strikes. It's not, it's not great, Jacob. It's not great.
1: (laughs) It's unfortunate because that's, I mean, Corbin Carroll's a menace on the base path. So like anything that's called a strike where it's not a strike, like it's one step closer to him, not being on the bases. So not ideal to have that called against him. Um, Hopefully that fortune kind of turns around because things seem to regress to the means, right? Like you would think you would at least hope that he's not getting calls like that for the entirety of the season. Like the fact that he's hitting two seventy, and he has been rung up that many times on pitches that were not necessarily strikes. Like, it's pretty crazy. Like he, he, he's very talented baseball player and it seems like he's got a very good eye. He's just had some unfortunate calls not go his way.
0: Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people have, have talked about how he hasn't really drawn any walks. He is among those D-backs hitters who, who hasn't drawn many walks this season. Although, uh, he did have one today, said a few more in recent days. Uh, but yeah, a big part of that is that Corbin Carroll has, uh, not had the best of luck with umpires early in the season i did ask Tori lovello about this yesterday and he said he is aware uh he has had con- a conversation with corbin about this uh, of course every time you know there's a call third strike the d-backs are going to go back and they're going to look at their data and they're going to see whether it was actually a strike or not uh, so they are very much aware of of what has been happening and uh yeah Tori basically said that you know, he's encouraging. He doesn't think that Corbin has has changed his approach or anything at yeah. the plate. He's kind of just encouraged Corbin to uh, stay with it and said, you know, good hitters, the, these things are going to happen to everyone. And it's just something that you have to be able to work through. So uh, some tough luck there for, for Corbin early in the season. Uh, I don't think umpires are are testing him. That used to be a thing years ago where, you know, with young players, umpires would maybe be a little bit harsh early on and you know just see how the player reacted Tori said he doesn't really think that's a thing nor nor do i really suspect that being a thing either uh but nonetheless it's tough i mean some of these have happened in in pivotal situations and uh you know his numbers could be that much better uh if if some of these calls had gone his way yeah he'll be fine
1: like i don't really know what else to say like if he was Gabby Moreno, he'd have swung at every single one of those pitches because he <laughs> can, can just hit anything that's thrown at him. Apparently, um, but yeah, I think he'll be fine. Like I, I don't see that. Like it's just, it's one of those things where like a bunch of them have happened, and so it just seems like maybe there's a coincidence. That there's not. I, I mean, it just they're just bad calls, and it yeah. happens, and it, they're not going to continue.
0: Yeah, and and to be fair, I, I think and that video is circulating on Twitter as well, so you might have already seen it there. Uh, I I believe on on Valley Sports Arizona when they when they have like the little circle that that kind of marks the spot that the the ball crossed the play out. If that circle is filled, then at least according to their system, it was a strike. And if you if you go back and look, three of the seven actually were filled. So according to their system, they they do have some of those actually being strikes. Uh, I still think just from the eye test that, you know, one of those pitches was like a high breaking ball that maybe caught the top of the zone. You don't normally see umpires call that a strike. So yeah, I still think qualitatively there there's been quite a bit of bad luck there and you really could make a case that literally all seven of those called third strikes should should actually have gone Corbin Carroll's way. And, you know, who knows where his numbers would sit um, if, if those things had gone his way. Um, but hopefully you've been able to at least watch these games. And if you haven't, then our friends at Fubo TV uh, can certainly help you out uh, because you can watch not only Diamondbacks games, but all sorts of things uh, over on uh, Fubo TV. You can start watching immediately. With a seven day free trial, uh, test it out, see if it works for you, see if it has all the channels and everything uh, that you're looking for. Uh, and using Fubo TV, you can watch the most Arizona sports for the lowest price. So we have a feeling that you will. Uh, enjoy what you what you get from our friends over at fubo TV you get a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge which is a beautiful thing jacob because everyone knows that like a hundred hours or whatever they've offered in the past is never going to be enough people record basically everything at this point uh, i know i do so you've got a thousand hours included for free uh, you can watch local teams as well while you're traveling which is another big thing that i've had uh, issues with with other programs at different times um so be sure to uh uh, get down with our friends over at FUBO TV if you have not already. You can watch your Arizona Diamondbacks on Valley Sports with FUBO, like I said before. Uh, use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of FUBO Pro. Uh, if you're looking to get out to some of these games, as as Jacob said earlier, Maybe you're one of those people who's who's part of the problem. You know, Jacob's starting to trying to trying to call people out here. Uh, if you're part of the problem of of there not being enough Diamondbacks fans uh, out at Chase Field for some of these games, you should use our friends over at Game Time in order to get uh, to some of these games. As I've always talked about, it is a very aesthetically pleasing app. Um, it is a a lovely, beautiful thing. Um, and uh you should absolutely download the game time app if you have not already. Uh, and the best way to do it is to wait until the last minute, which for procrastinators like me is absolutely uh the best, the best way to go. Uh, snag tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Uh, last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed
1: i would go to say that you could probably get a couple a couple a couple tickets and still maybe not even pay for them with the twenty dollars off like i just go to the games they're fun. that
0: is that is very that is very possible some of these d-backs games there's a lot there's a lot of empty seats there right uh and uh you know what people who have tickets do last minute they drop the price they post them on different different third party apps like that and uh yeah like I said wait till the last minute you'll be amazed at what you find over on the game time app. Uh Jacob you got anything else? The the sky isn't falling even though the D-backs dropped 3 out of 4 to the Padres. They're fine.
1: Uh yeah, no that's a, that's about all I have. Like people it's still really early in the season. They just played really good baseball for 23 games. Like it just they're fine. I don't don't really know what else to say at that point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's pretty... I mean, this was not the kind of, you know, get kicked in the mouth, like, oh, the Padres just worked us through and through. Uh, No, the D-backs scored more runs. The D-backs scored more runs than the Padres in this series, uh, even though some things late in in some of these games didn't go their way. And uh, the D-backs certainly are not a perfect baseball team in their own right. We saw some of those things come to the surface in this series. Uh, but if Merrill Kelly is able to get things back on track a little bit, if Dre Jameson uh, is able to look a little bit more like he did earlier in the season, uh, and if the D-backs, which they are, are able to play some teams that are not, you know, a playoff juggernauts, uh, then, you know, you feel pretty good about where things are headed uh, moving into the future. Uh, thank you all for being here with us today. We really appreciate your time here on this Sunday afternoon. Uh, we know there's all there's always the hype with uh, you know when the D-backs win and we do a post series show. Not quite as much when we go live after uh, kind of a a bummer game like this, where you kind of knew the outcome a little bit early on. Uh, but we appreciate you being here. If you haven't already, be sure, like I said before, to subscribe here on YouTube, so you can make sure that you get not only all of our live shows here with our Diamondback show, but also Suns, Coyotes, Cardinals, all the other great stuff that we have going on here. Uh, you can also be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Jesse N. Friedman. You can find Jacob, as you see on your screen, at Jacob underscore Franklin 4. You can find Damon at Damondog. That's D A W G. Uh, and then, of course, we have our PHNX underscore D account for everything D and all roads lead to at PHNX underscore underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks again so much for being with us here this afternoon. We appreciate your time uh, for Damon, for Jacob. My name is Jesse Freeman. We appreciate you being here. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you're holding a Zach Gallen bobblehead.